This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Warriors, Warriors, come out to play. Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM Grand Buffet to the face, man. Welcome, everybody, to the RJ Ringside Podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, and I'm joined with our boxing writer, Sam Gordon, and our MMA writer, Adam Hill, who has tons of exclusives that we're going to drop here on this podcast. But I want to remind everybody that you can check out this podcast on ReviewJournal.com slash podcast under the free podcast tab. And also, we're brought to you by Pepsi, Indeed, and Bet Online. Make sure to hit subscribe wherever you are listening. So let's get into it, guys. First of all, Adam... UFC 11 here is coming up. UFC Vegas 11. See, I mean, I was talking about the numbers beforehand, and it's like in the COVID world, I have to admit that the numbers have gotten a little bit scattered in my brain because they come from Vegas and they were on ESPN and now they're, you know, different channels and all. So everything's, everything's getting mashed up in there. But uh, you got to speak with some of the talent yesterday. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about the press conference that happened and what happened with Tyron Woodley yesterday during that event. I get what he was doing. So here, here's the scenario. Tyron Woodley had his own press conference. Uh, Kobe Covington had his own press conference and then they did one uh, for all of the rest of the guys in the main card together. Uh, when it was Tyron Woodley's turn to go up, uh, he was asked a fairly normal, you know, standard question. And his response is, I just want to say Black Lives Matter. And he was wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. He was also uh, wearing a hat uh, that said, uh, make racists catch the fade again, which was solid. Uh, but then there was a follow-up question of like, well, what do you think is the key to this, you know, to this fight? And his response was, I just think that Black Lives Matter. And then it became a pattern of every single answer just rephrasing the question into Black Lives Matter. And so at first my thought was this is a great platform to speak out in many other uh, ways. Say, yes, we understand that is something that you believe in and that's something you've you've marched for and participated in. Uh, But what other message, like what exact message do you want to get out there? But the more I thought about it, like it actually does play a pretty powerful role of that's the message. Like I don't want to give you another message. I don't want to elaborate anymore. That's the message. That's all that matters. And of course, you've got the this against the backdrop of this fight, which is, I mean, I don't think you know Vince McMahon and his wildest dreams could, you know, set up a election year politically divided, you know over-the-top incarnate of a Trump rally in Colby Covington against a Black Lives Matter, you know, organizer from Ferguson, Missouri. Like, that is, it's one of the most, like, perfectly scripted matchups of all time. It just so happens to be two top contenders in a division that also hate each other personally from years of being in the same gym and never getting along. Like, it, it's a it's a perfectly, uh, like, packaged, market, marketable fight. Uh, but, you know, Tyron Willie wanted to get his message out there, and Colby Covington, of course, uh, did his thing, uh, which we can get into as well. Uh, 
but I, I do think there's a powerful message of there is no message other than this is what you're going to write. I'm not going to go into some other details. You can start to pick apart and you could, you know, I can make some comment and you can say, well, what about this? Here's the message. Black Lives Matter. That's all that matters to me. So I, I think there was a power to what he was kind of doing at that press conference. Sam, as a spectator, would you have preferred that Woodley kind of taken more of a stance than just saying Black Lives Matter? Would you like to have had heard him say something that uh, a message or some sort that he could have conveyed in that setting? Or was was the message good with you? A uh, message was 100% good with me. Um, he said everything he needed to say. That, that, that message kind of speaks for itself. Um, like Adam touched on, He's from Ferguson, Missouri, and we know what happened there uh, in 2014 with the shooting of Michael Brown. And, and uh, for Tyron Woodley, I, this to me doesn't feel like it's about, you know, just what's going on right now and what's happened in 2020. Like this is about his entire life and what, what he's represented for forever and what he's always stood for. And, and maybe, you know, now there's a time where people are listening more than they were before because of the deaths of um, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but – this is it was perfect. I don't think it could have been any better. And and Adam, I want to get back to you and Heidi as well. Um, you know, you touch on these storylines, right? The, the 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 political opposition here. Even though I don't necessarily think Black Lives Matter, that message is political. But that's another conversation for another well, day. Well, it is when Kobe Covington, you know, as as we're going to hear from him, tells me it's a Marxist communist organization and you know attacks the the message of it. So it is political. Yeah, well, for, to him, he's yeah. he's definitely trying to make it political. But for, um, I, I want to ask you two, uh, just in your time covering the sport, we know combat sports offers really unique storylines there's that's that's one of the things that I think that we all enjoy about the sport is it's one-on-one there there are these there there's this chance to get really personal and to get to know these guys that that maybe isn't there with other team sports with that dynamic how does this particular storyline compare to some of the more other compelling ones that you guys have covered throughout the course of your careers well I can think about if we're talking on the same parallel thought of um somebody that's a, a MAGA guy versus somebody that has stood up for social injustice or social justice, then I would have to go with Chael Sonnen and Anderson Silva ahead of UC 148 when those two were going back and forth and Chael made some crazy comments uh, about Brazil and Brazilian kids and how uh, I think it was something along the lines of um, to do with food, if I remember right. And anyhow, it didn't rub anybody the right way, especially not the Brazilian media. Um, um, Brazilian fans so they wanted Chael's head on a stick and that kind of set up things for that rematch that they had so it was it was kind of a crazy time when you look at that kind of a smack talk but I mean there's been a ton of different levels of it and the thing is most of the time when I look at it I think okay they're selling a fight but there's certain cases where it's absolutely not that. And I remember after the rematch with Sonnen and, and Silva and Sonnen at the end says, hey, uh, you can come have a barbecue at my house anytime. So uh, I guess they squashed the beef, but it, it seemed yeah, very real that, in that moment. And I think I think that that is kind of the, the point of this. If Chel Sonnen did that, everything that he did was constructed in a certain way to make people either angry or support him and try to it was it was just to, to market a fight and he was sure. brilliant at that that's what he did uh the thing i think that makes this one different because colby covington is playing a character i don't think there's any question about it and just to, to look ahead like we will hear from him in a minute about that like i i straight up asked him yesterday uh what do you say to people that say this is just a gimmick you don't believe any of this and he kind of denies that it plays it down of course calls it fake news as uh, as of course he would do uh but you know th- there is that element that 
Kobe Covington says, hey, this is me. Of course I'm turning it up to an 11. Of course I'm not running around screaming in my everyday life about, you know, black lives, or, you know, anti-black lives matter and, you know, love the president and all this stuff. I'm not doing that when I'm just being normal, but that is my beliefs. That is what I believe in. That is who I am. I still have questions about that because Tyron Woodley today came out on his own podcast and said, uh, this is a dude that like came into my gym and was doing the nay nay and like was all like all about it and was, you know, uh, was trying to be friends with me uh, and was, you know, culturally appropriating all the time. And all of a sudden he's this hardcore MAGA guy. Uh, so the, there is an element of character, but it, the, I think the part of this that I think makes this so intriguing and so good is that, yes, it is absolutely the storyline of the country right now we're divided all these political things are going on it is an election the election is less than two months away there's debates coming up there's all this animosity between the two sides and obviously people are picking sides in the fight but if you would have just found a random MAGA guy that's in the UFC and a random Black Lives Matter supporter that's in the UFC and just said this could be an interesting fight to throw together it, it would not have the same power that it does when those those are that's what those guys have talked about and believed in for so long and they also happen to be two of the top contenders who also have a backstory of having trained together for several years and not liked each other at that time. Like, there's just so much that goes into this. But the realism of it, which is, again, it's not 100% real. It's like 95% real. Uh, but the realism to go along with how important the fight is for these guys is what makes this so intriguing. Let me ask this. Is this real that... He brings that book up, that Donald Trump book, every time he does a press conference or media event. Do you think he's actually reading that book? So I know that he's not. Uh, well, <laughs> did I, you I ask him to quote page seventy-five? Or no, but uh, he did make the mistake because he does carry. Well, he's he's changed the books now, but uh, he was carrying the Donald Trump Jr. book around uh, before his last fight, and two months out from the fight, he did a press conference and he had it open. Uh, like it looked like about. 30, 40 pages into the book, he had it bookmarked, and he was like, yeah, I'm re really loving this, enjoying it, it's great. And then a press conference two months later, right before the fight, he was he had it bookmarked at like the same spot. <laughs> and he was like, this is great, this is words to live by. Yeah, I think that's a prop that I don't think he's actually doing. But listen, we can say it's a gimmick and a prop and, a prop and all those things. This is a guy that was in the White House with Donald Trump, that took the belt to the White House shared with Donald Trump, and then Donald Trump brought him out at the rally last week in Henderson, brought him up on stage, shouted him out, said he's going to be watching the fight, said he's his favorite fighter, and according to Colby Covington, actually broke down some fight strategy for him and gave him some advice for the fight. Like, the president is talking to him about how to fight this fight. So, I mean, this, this is like, it, it, is a, it is a gimmick to some degree, but he's living it. And he's like he's playing it out, and you know I think one of the things that he said was, hey, I'm, a, "I'm just a kid from Oregon who had a dream to be a professional athlete, and now I'm hanging out with the president." Like you can say what you want about it, this is cool, which I guess it, it kind of is on some level. But uh, Tyron Woodley is not. I don't know if it's going to help or not. Uh, Colby Covington actually said it's not going to help him he, that he's too angry and he's too into this. But Tyron Woodley is it, he's he's about that life. <laughs> like he's not he's not like. This is not a game to him. This is not a gimmick to him. If it is to you as a viewer, that's fine. Maybe it gets you to watch it. But Tyron Woodley wants to hurt him in the case. Well, I mean, it's a fight. We get that. But like, he's he's not happy with everything that Colby Covington has done and said. And you know, when Colby Covington called, as we said, you know, Black Lives Matter, a Marxist organization, called him basically called him a terrorist sympathizer online today. Uh, there, there was a lot there that you know. Whether it was gimmick or whether it was for show or to sell a fight, 
it's real now. 110%. And, and, and this kind of, I think from Woodley's perspective, I mean, this is, I mean, metaphorically speaking, this is what he's been up against his entire life, this kind of energy, right? And that's why saying Black Lives Matter and expressing that and using his platform is, is so important to him because he has an opportunity now um, to, you know, to, to give a voice for people that don't have one, to, to be a role model, to be an example, to show that, you know, he is who he is, he's embracing who he is, and he's unapologetically himself. So um, that, that definitely adds a little bit of juice to Saturday. I wonder, um, you know, like how much, like you said, this is already an important fight. We know what it means in the division. I mean, how much of an extra incentive is this now that, that, that it's become personal, that it's crossed over like this? Yeah, I, I think sometimes that's dangerous to find out too. And, you know, um, we'll hear from Dana White who was kind of talking about, hey, I've seen this. I've seen this so many times, and he was pretty honest. Like as somebody who usually only talks up a fight, he said, "I've been in this game a long time. I've seen guys that truly hated each other and truly wanted to kill each other, and it ends up being a bad fight because there's too much. There's too much emotion. That this, you know, you have to realize it's a sport. You're out there to compete, not to violently attack somebody. And he said that often happens. Now the the difference would be Kobe Covington and Kamaru Usman, who had a similar kind of build up." ended up being one of the better fights we've seen in a long time. And Dana said he hopes it's more like that than some of the other uh, fights that have had too much animosity going in. Uh, so I think that that is the story. But really the story to me of this fight in terms of the actual fight, uh, because you know all this talk and all the drama that we all love to talk about and build up, comes down to actually two guys just stepping in and competing against each other. Uh, Tyron Woodley is the real story. It's where is he? Kobe Covington we know has has been on the rise. He's been beating people he wasn't supposed to beat, according to the odds makers. Got to a title fight and performed really, really well despite losing. Uh, I thought he was going to, you know, the the mat wiped with his face in that fight, and he performed really well before getting stopped in the fifth round. So uh, I, I think he's at a very, very high level. And Tyron Woodley, who was unbeatable for so long, uh, looked. You know, obviously human, and uh, when he lost his belt against Usman, and then just looked bad against Gilbert Burns, I thought. So, um, I, I think the the question is, where is Tyron Woodley? Is he still at a championship level? Uh, and we'll find out. And if he's not, Colby Covington will show him real quick. And if he is, I think this is a really, really good fight, even um, in the cage, not just uh, in terms of the storyline. Yeah, like Tyron Woodley for so many years, even when he held the belt, was a very technical fighter. And so I think that even if he is emotionally wound up heading into this, he's still going to keep his wits about him as far as keeping that technical poise in the cage once he goes in there. And one of the things I have to wonder, too, is if Colby isn't ever really faced somebody with Tyron's one-punch kind of knockout power, the way that Tyron Woodley beat Robbie Lawler was insane that one punch uh, power that he has in that left hand. I wonder if he still has it because like you mentioned, Adam, those uh, fights where he's faltered against Gilbert Burns and all, you haven't seen everything that Tyron Woodley has at, at its top pinnacle. So I'm wondering if he still has it. Yeah, and I like I sat there at that fight that was at the Apex a couple months ago and I sat there at that fight and just kept watching Gilbert Burns kind of dominate the fight after, you know, early on. Um, it was close to ending, and then you see Gilbert Burns kind of dominating the fight a little bit, but you keep thinking, like, okay, Tyron Woodley has a shot. He can get up. We know he's a good wrestler. He can get up. He can keep the fight standing. He can land that one big punch. And then around the third round, you just start thinking, like, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's just not there. And I don't know if that was a one night that, you know, he just didn't have it that night or if that was a sign that, you know, he's 
Uh, he's far past his prime and might not be able to get it back. But power is supposed to stay. Like you know, Sam, you've you've been watching boxing forever. Like power is the last thing to go usually with a fighter. So you know, you would think he still has that power in his hand if he can, um, you know, if he can find it, if he can find a way to land it. But it just wasn't. He just never found a, an opportunity to even come close to getting it last fight. So uh, we'll definitely find out if he has it here. All right. Well, let's go ahead and hear you with Colby Covington. Now you spoke with him just on Thursday. So let's now hear what Colby Covington had to say in the lead up to this fight. This is a fight of good versus evil. You know, my side's good. You know, I stand up for the blue. You know, I, I support first responders. You know, blue lives matter. You know, all lives matter. You know, the, the blue, the black lives matter is nothing more than a Marxist group, a Marxist, a Marxist and communist group. You know, they just so. You know, I, I'm excited to stand up for for what's right and, and fight for my people. Did you see his press conference? I did not. No, I was in a limo getting shuttled over here. I could care less. Everybody knows when he gets on the mic, it's boring. I mean, he, he was asked like seven questions and every answer was Black Lives Matter. He didn't answer a question. So, I mean, do you think that becomes a distraction from what he's trying to accomplish on Saturday? For him, you know, it's just putting more pressure on him. You know, he wants to put on for the culture. He wants to, you know, fight for this, this fake group that is nothing more than, you know, that they just race baiters. You know, it's, it's not a real group and no one really knows what that truly stands for. So... You know, he's just making himself look stupid, and when I expose him on Saturday night, you know, these people are not going to accept him. What, what is the, in your mind, in your word, what is the genesis of your, I guess, beef with, with Tyron? Uh, it, it goes back a long time. You know, 10 years we used to train together, right. and we hated each other. You know, he brought me in for training camp, and I, and I feel like I helped him very well and gave him a good preparation, but he, just the way he treated me all training camp, he was so fake, and I was so courteous and respectful to him, and, he just feels like he should have the ground he walks on worship and he should have a red carpet everywhere he goes so i can't respect a man like that i don't care if i have more money than you or i'm more famous he doesn't make me better than you we're all equal in this life so for him to think he's better than people i'm gonna put into that this saturday night Again, that was Walter Waite, Colby Covington, who's facing Tyron Woodley at the UFC Apex September 19th. And we're going to take our quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to hear from UFC President Dana White. So stay tuned right here on the RJ Ringside Podcast. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. I know everyone out there in Las Vegas is excited to see the Raiders make their debut here this NFL season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of of football watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have 
for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Welcome back to the RJ Ringside Podcast. It's Heidi Fang, Sam Gordon, Adam Hill. And Adam, we uh, also had the opportunity yesterday, well, you did, to speak with UFC President Dana White. And you were also supposed to speak with Tyron Woodley, but Woodley had opted out of doing media. He said he just wasn't in that frame of mind to talk to media leading up to this week and we saw that also in the press conference so uh, when you spoke to Dana White what was that engagement like with him well first of all I should point out these these two uh, sit-downs with uh, with Colby and Dana my first two face-to-face sit-down live interview since March yeah. kind of a different experience it was kind of it was kind of weird like we, we haven't really done that uh, very much uh, the last few months, so that was kind of different. And first of all, apologies for uh, Colby. Was very Colby was very quiet. We were distanced. We were we were several several feet apart, um, and he was also speaking quietly because there's people around. But um, uh, yeah, he was uh, a little quiet there, but definitely got uh, his point across. And you know, Dana was Dana was Dana. Uh, I thought um, we'll hear here from him some interesting thoughts about just first of all why uh, Colby and Tyron didn't do a press conference together. Um, and why, you know, I think he was, he was saying, Hey, we wanted to showcase some of the, uh, some of the other guys on the main card, which is true. I think that that worked out well for it. Uh, but I also think maybe they had some suspicions that Tyron was going to do what Tyron did and they didn't want to derail the entire press conference, uh, with that. And they wanted to let him have his moment too of, Hey, you're just going to sit up there and, and get your message across. Go ahead and do that. Uh, but a couple of things we got into. First of all, Fight Island coming up again uh, next week. They'll be going over there and uh, just talk to him a little bit about why uh, they're going back and why it worked out so well logistically. Uh, but I think the main thing from uh, we're going to hear from Dana here is he talks about you know not getting in the way of this over the top political battle uh, that's in there. Like you know, I think there are organizations, there are other sports that would be like, yeah, this is probably not what we want to push. It's not what we want to talk about. The NFL has been very hesitant. We know that the NBA finally did embrace a lot of the social uh, justice messages uh, here in the bubble. But, you know, sports have wanted to kind of stay out of that. Uh, And Dana White certainly is not that type of commissioner, that type of uh, president. So uh, he has kind of embraced it a little bit. And uh, he got into talking a little bit about that. But first of all, he just starts off with uh, why they decided to have kind of three different press conferences, which each of the main event guys alone and then the rest of the main card. We've heard these guys have been going back and forth for years. Yeah. You ain't going to hear anything you haven't already heard. (laughs) It's it's all there. Um, and, And it's a big fight. And everybody wants to see that fight. And uh, I was talking to Lene yesterday about we need to we need to shine some light on the undercard. Everybody knows Colby Covington's fighting right. Woodley. I don't know if everybody knows how deep this card is. So hopefully today we 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 got that out there. When when you have fights like this where the there is a genuine like dislike between guys, at least there seems to be from the outside. Like, does that add something to you? I know to fans it does, but to you, do you do you get more excited about yeah, it? Yeah, I think that whenever there's real beef. It's, it makes it more interesting. Problem with real beef is most of those fights have sucked where there was real beef. There's been a couple that were great. Colby and uh, Usman was yeah. one of them. Yeah. And if you look at Styles, this fight should be the same. So, Stylistically, it's the same type of fight. Um, some like sometimes you hear people say 
sports and politics shouldn't mix, you know? This fight, like, there's a clear convergence of sports and politics between oh, yeah. where those guys are. Um, I guess, how do you kind of, like, is that something that you think you can market, or is that something that the fans just kind of grasp onto? Or, like, how do you I, view I when something like that happens? I think it is what it is. I mean, every time we put on an event, I mean, the athletes, the difference between us and the NFL, we don't tell people what not to say and what not to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then as far as as racism goes in the fight business, who you are <laughs> is what we sell. You know what I mean? If you're African-American, that's what we're selling. If you're gay or lesbian, that's what we're selling. If you're um, if you're Irish, that's what we're selling. I mean, that we sell, but that, whoever you are is what we're selling. Yeah. So, so there's just, you can't compare us to a lot of other sports that I think have made mistakes in the past. Um, you know, you've never heard a scenario in 20 years where I've called a fighter and said, don't you ever say this and don't do that and don't do this, you know? Yeah. Unless it's something like, you know. You wouldn't know. <laughs> Unless it's something like, right. like drugs or, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so I guess, what, how, how do you, what do you see as being the key in this fight between those two guys? It's going to depend what, what Tyron Woodley has left. Where is Tyron in his, in, in his career? Because um, the Usman-Covington fight was awesome. One of the funnest fights I've, I've ever seen. And if you look at, you know, uh, Tyron, he, 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 he hits really hard. He has knockout power in both hands, and he's got great wrestling. So, I mean, he's, he, he's almost exactly like Usman. We're, I mean, I guess... <laughs> From were you concerned with his last performance that he might not still have it? Oh, well, listen, age catches up with all of us. Same thing yeah. with Cerrone, you know. Yeah. We're gonna see what Cerrone has on Saturday night too. Um, and and the crazy thing about this sport is, is you just never know. There's so many times you think a guy is done, <laughs> and he's not. Yeah. Um, what are you look, looking forward to most for the return to Fight Island? It's hard not to be excited about. Adesanya versus Costa. I mean, that fight is so good and so fun and stylistically perfect. Um, I love everything about that fight. And then, obviously, Gaethje versus uh, Habib is going to be awesome. Crazy. Um, what do you think is the ceiling for Adesanya? Like, how big could he be eventually? Yeah, well, I, the, the, the scary thing about Adesanya is he continues to get better and better. I mean, we've seen him. There were a lot of questions about him in the beginning, you know. Uh, he doesn't have any power. Then he starts knocking out real guys. Um, what's going to happen when he faces guys with really good wrestling? He's faced the guys with really good wrestling. You know, this, that. He's, it, you know, he, he's answered all the questions. What happens when he gets into deep water? He was in that fight with uh, Calvin Gastelum. You know what I mean? It's just, um, it's funny to say this, but, but, but Paulo Costa is, is such a perfect fight for him, too. To, to answer questions about him. Because Paulo Costa is going to continue to come forward. He's got a great chin. Everything he throws is with bad intentions. And he knocks people out. Um, you know, and for a muscular dude, he has pretty good cardio. A scary dude. <laughs> yeah. That's a scary guy. He is. Um, and then the last thing I just... Oh, I guess... Uh, Logistically, it, everything went really well for you guys at Fight Island last time, right? And like, is that one of the reasons that you guys wanted to go back there? Or is it kind of a necessity of no, getting fighters? You know, I told you uh, uh, the when we do international fights, 
we, we can get everybody in the country over there. That's not the right. case here. Yeah. It's hard to get. It's hard to move people around the world right now. Yeah. So we've got a perfect plan in place with the perfect partners, and the whole setup over in Abu Dhabi is incredible. Why would I go anywhere else? Yeah. Um, I know last time uh, you said you were not really even thinking about fans right now. Mm-hmm. Is there any update on that? I mean, there's a couple of NFL games had fans last week. No. So. I won't do fans until you can go 100%. Okay, that was UFC President Dana White talking there about Israel Adesanya and that fight coming up at Yaz Island. And he's going to finally take on Paulo Costa. That's one that we've been looking forward to seeing here and seeing Adesanya again defend his title. And we'll come back and preview that fight. But uh, before we leave today, I want to talk to Sam about some of the boxing news. What do we have here on the front inside the ring, Sam? Yeah, quiet, quiet week, Heidi. Um, I think the biggest news to come out of this last week is there is a rematch date for Dillian White and Alexander Povetkin. Uh, we know what happened on that fight in August. A brutal, brutal knockout. Alexander Povetkin knocks out Dillian White, kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, White was a top WBC contender. I mean, he was looking forward to having the opportunity to challenge a Tyson Fury for that WBC crown at some point. Um, obviously, that's not the case anymore. He's getting his chance to fight. That fight, that rematch is official on November 21st. Um, match, Matchroom Boxing um, confirmed that earlier this week. So, so that's what we have. I mean, of course, as we touched on last week, you know, the, there's the Canelo Alvarez situation. That's still kind of at a standstill. We're going to see how that plays out. And then just, um, you know, waiting for, for Lomachenko um, Lopez uh, next month. I'm sure the promotion is going to pick up here a, a little bit for that in the next, com- next couple weeks. So hopefully we'll have a little bit more to talk about. But, but yeah, very quiet, very quiet week as boxing kind of sees the floor to – to UFC and and for good reason with this fight we have coming up here on Saturday. So, yeah. Big stuff on the front coming up. When we're going to also talk a little bit more about that uh, UFC 11 card here before we walk away. Uh, Adam, is there any particular fight on this uh, fight event here, UFC Vegas 11, aside from the main event that you can tell fans that they've got to keep their eyes out for? Uh, Well, I think, first of all, there are some names that will certainly catch your attention. Anytime Cowboy Cerrone is on a card, which is not as common as it used to be. He used to fight like every three weeks, um, and he is uh, uh, obviously not doing that anymore. Uh, But people get excited to see him fight for sure, and uh, he is on the card against Nico Price, which I think should be a pretty fun one. And then another name that I think you know people keep being interested in, no matter what, is Mackenzie Dern. We know what she can do on the ground. She is one of the top jujitsu uh, athletes to ever uh, be in the UFC, and and she has proven pretty much any time anybody goes to the ground with her, the fight is over. Uh, she's taking on Randa Marcos uh, in that main event as well. But uh, the Hamzat Shmaev fight, I, I can't. I'm terrible. You're so good. No, you're much better than I am. Uh, I would have butchered his name. Obviously, <laughs> this is the fight that everybody has their eyes on. That is the emerging star in the UFC, a guy who uh, just doesn't. I mean the the uh, I don't care about anything. The I don't give a you know crap for lack of a better term on here. Attitude that he has, people have really embraced, and the fact that he has two fights booked in the next couple of weeks, he already has an opponent lined up uh, for Fight Island. He's he's got to get through this fight without getting hurt, and then go over there. And like he was saying yesterday, it's no, it's no disrespect to his opponent. Of course it is. Joe uh, Mearshart is of, it's of course disrespectful to him to say, yeah, I'm fighting you, and then in two weeks I'm fighting this other guy because I'm not going to get hurt and I'm just going to roll through you. Um, he did that before. He fought twice in a couple of weeks. Uh, now he's trying to do it again with those uh, two fights booked. I think that is the guy uh, that 
all eyes will be on to see not only can he win, can he get through it, and how dominant can he be uh, in this fight. Uh, I think you know that that is the one a lot of people watch, and of course Johnny Walker with his quick finishes, uh, people love to watch him fight as well. So a ton of really intriguing matchups are on this card. Uh, but listen, as as often the case, especially on these uh, ESPN Plus cards, there's a lot of intrigue. But it's the Colby Covington Tyron Woodley fight that everybody's going to be tuning in for for sure. All right, great stuff, Adam and Sam as well, and thank you both for jumping on today. You can follow them both at by Sam Gordon at at Adam Hill LVRJ on Twitter and I'm at Heidi Fang so we'll come back next week talk some more fights for you so make sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening and check out all of our other podcasts as well on reviewjournal.com slash podcast for both Sam and Adam I'm Heidi Fang thank you for listening coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events major league baseball is back in action and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners bet online check out all the odds futures and props to bet on all available 24 7 and with the return of sports bet online sat down with former players eddie george harold reynolds and seven-time nba champ robert ori see what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Pandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.